On What Grounds Podcast. They'll be over here and they'll be like, <laughs> and we'll have some laugh track in the background and everything while we're doing our thing. Are we doing this now or are we? Yeah. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess I'll. Yo, know, I'll go with it. Uh, I right, just figured so, I would make it impromptu. Why, yeah, why make not? our first one impromptu. Why not? Good call. No, keep on right. guessing. Hi. So, uh, welcome to the On What Grounds podcast. I am Peter, and this is my wife, Christina. Hi. And we've been married 10 years. We've had a house for a few years. We have two dogs in the house, so if you hear barking, that's what that is. And if you hear us talking in cutesy dog voices that's why too because we have one of them over here sammy right now when he is over in the corner yeah um we're just kind of winging this we don't know too much about podcasts or how to do podcasts um we really don't know much anything about it we just know when we hear ones that we like we like them and we're doing this just for fun and we're doing this on saturdays with a cup of coffee that's why it's on what grounds that's a pun you're welcome <laughs> at least uh, one cup <laughs> <clears throat> yep um and like me myself i literally woke up maybe was it like 15 minutes ago 10 yeah yeah so we're just going to kind of start with a subject and then go from there because i guess you know the podcasts i would say probably are most natural when you just kind of go for it mm-hmm. so christina before we start in with talking about anything, I just want to let anybody listening know that uh, Sammy likes to eat shit right out of Winnie's ass. <laughs> so, you know, they do their morning ablutions and everything, and here I am out there with Sammy, and what does he do? He sees Winnie copping a squat and a hot, fresh turd right out of her ass, and <laughs> as I'm going over to them, I'm wearing my sandals sliding in the snow and I'm like no no stop it Sammy and he's just looking right at me and he's slurping up a hot fresh turd at the same time it was so disgusting you're so gross Sammy you are you know some people like like to buy the hot lunch (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah but this was too hot and as I'm sliding towards them in the slush one foot just slides right out of one of my sandals and right onto the grass and this yeah, I know is I, gross. I know I, I stepped on shit stupid. the other day too. That day when it was like everything fell apart that morning. So hopefully Which the I, rain, yeah. Hopefully the did. rain's going to clean off the. It oh, did. It did. Yeah, oh, nice. I know. Well, actually, the way that you had moved your sandal under where uh, the um where, the where, gutter, the, where the leak is, yeah, the where the gutters leak. <laughs> that, was, and that's why I put it there. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was a little <laughs> off, so I repositioned it for you so that where it drips heavily, it dripped right onto your sandal, and your sandal is nice and clean. So well, thank you very much, my darling. Nature cleaned your shitty sandal for you. You're welcome. And I also want to thank you very much this morning because you actually, you you got up this morning, you took them out, you fed them, took care of them, and I love it when you do that because I do do that during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, people, anybody listening, a little context. Um, I work in Waterbury. We live in the Jewish City, Griswold area. And so now in order to do the drive and to take care of the dogs, I basically, I'm waking up at 4.45, 4.30-ish in the morning now, like for like maybe like the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you're almost doing baker's hours. <laughs> <clears throat> almost. So I, I just want to say for the record, the fact that you are doing that during the weekend and giving me a chance to sleep in and relax, that 
that is great. That's yeah. wonderful, and yeah. I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. I mean, in the whole grand scheme of things, they they let us sleep in until seven this morning. To be fair, so it was seven o three, and I was up with them. As soon as I can hear Sammy slide off and shake himself, as soon as I hear the shaking sound with him, no, doing whatever, no. And then you can hear Winnipeg jumping off the bed and she's like rubbing herself and splooting all over the floor. It's like, all right, I better get them outside pretty soon or else she's going to piss somewhere. So, and here we are. Here we are. Yay. Anyways, have a good day. No. Now we've only just begun. All right. Yep. Now that we've gotten all of the all of the pet bullshit out of the way, let's start talking about something uh, with some substance. And but you know what I mean. And that's good though too, because it's like we're just it's natural conversation. That, that's the whole point of it too. So yeah. it's like I I kind of like that we're just kind of going for it. And so yeah, I did have the idea of like maybe trying to do one topic each episode just to start with. It doesn't have to be like the whole thing. And it's mm-hmm. like just like hey, what what are our thoughts on that? So Christina, what are First thing, when I say the word, like off the bat, what, when you, you think of it, what what comes to mind when I say religion? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you when I say religion? Um, I actually am starting to get a headache. Like, re- like literally. <laughs> I can start to feel a little bit of a headache coming on. Uh, maybe that's the lack of caffeine, and I'm working on changing that. But as soon as you said religion, right above my left <laughs> eyeball started to just kind of thump th- a little al- bit. I think allergies might be going on too because... Um, no, no. We'll believe I mean, it on the on religion. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm definitely stuffy right now, so that's why mm-hmm. I sound like that. Yeah, I gotta blow my nose something awful. But, oh wait, I'm not gonna blow my nose on the podcast. That would <laughs> not be... That would still be rude. Um, why not just blow it on the podcast? Or, 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 <laughs> we'll, edit it, we'll edit it out and post. <laughs> we could, we could. But that would mean I would have yeah. to get up and go grab some tissues, and I don't feel yeah. like it right now. Okay. I'll live. It'll be okay. I'll just snort. <laughs> eh. yeah. Gross. Anyways, religion. Let's talk about religion. What do I think uh, when somebody says the word religion? Inwardly, well, depending on who I'm around, Inwardly, I'll definitely roll my eyes and give a, a deep sigh because I'm burned out on religion. No. First 22 years of my life, I was I was raised in a religion and um, very sheltered at that. Granted, there were definitely highlights. There were, there were highs. There were lows. But um, all in all, uh, it's, it's not for me. And I prefer to just live, be a good person, don't be a shitty person. Be kind to your neighbors. Do what you can. Be charitable when you can and where you can, and just live a good life. That's that's really essentially all a person should have to do. No, I don't feel like I have to. You no, know, thank any kind of maker if they're not even going to manifest themselves to me. Um, there, if, if if I if I've never even physically seen or have known personally of there being a maker or a creator or anything like that. Why should I give my allegiance to something that I haven't even seen or spoken to? How, how do I even know they exist? So, I'm just going to live my life and be good to the planet that I was born on. That's all. Nice. So. And for anyone listening, when you say, as far as when you were raised, raised religiously do you feel comfortable talking about that as far as what that religion is and some examples of that yeah absolutely i was born and raised a jehovah's witness 
It's not Jehovah Witness, never has been, never will be. Let's call it what it is, Jehovah's <clears throat> Witness. Um, yeah, I was born and raised into it. I was baptized into it. I was baptized when I was around 16 years old, which in that religion, if you're born and raised into it, 16 is kind of pushing uh, pushing the envelope, so to speak. Usually, if you're born into it, they they like seeing you being a little bit younger than that when you get baptized. There's no baby baptism. But no, if somebody is say like 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, that's a good little bracket. That's a good little a good little spot, <coughs> excuse me, so to speak, uh where people get baptized into it. So, I kind of got a little coerced into getting baptized cuz everybody else was, all of my friends were, and my parents are now looking at me and they're like, "Well, it's your turn, so are you going to do this? No. So, yeah. So, baptized into it. Got disfellowshipped, also known as excommunicated, twice. The first time around really hit me hard to the point where I wanted to come back into the religion. And if you work really hard, like, attending attending their meetings. If you attend their meetings and, the, like, the elders in the congregation are seeing that you're showing effort in making the meetings, being there, uh, they'll talk to you from time to time, then you'll be welcomed back into the fold. Um, at the minimum, it'll take six months to get back in. Um, and it took me somewhere in that frame of time, somewhere between six and nine months the first time around. But I was also young. I was like 18, 19 years old. And what are we all doing when we're that age? We want to get in trouble. We want to explore. We want to, uh, you know, diddle and dabble around with other people and make friends and do all kinds of stuff, things that we shouldn't be doing and things that that religion considers to be uh, no-nos. So... I come back into the religion. I'm back in until I was 22. And somewhere around the age of 21 to 22, I started to get in trouble. Well, I was consistently getting in trouble. What am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And when I say getting in trouble, I wasn't wasn't drinking and doing drugs. Um, I didn't do drugs until I got into my 20s, until after I permanently left. But and alcohol is fine. Alcohol consumption is fine in the religion as long as it's not drunkenness. So you can drink, you can imbibe. That's fine. It's when you go overboard that that can get you in trouble. Oh, oh. Sammy! Oh, Sammy just knocked oh. over the cord. We're, we're okay though. We're All right. <laughs> anyways, I feel like I'm rambling, but anyways, no, 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 that's, this is that's great. part of yeah. this. That's that's part of this conversation. Um, where was I? So. Oh, yeah, so yeah, so drinking is fine. But my trouble was is that, hey, I was interested in the boys. And so, you know, go and hang out with the boys a lot and acquired boyfriends. And um, if you, they heavily frown on, you could pre- you can basically almost get booted out um, just based on it, uh, dating outside of the religion. So getting, having boyfriends that were not in the religion. I was definitely sneaking behind my parents' back in doing that, but no. And what do we do when we're with said boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever? What do we do when we're we're young and 
enamored with somebody else. Of course we're going to have premarital sex, which is a huge no-no and gets you in trouble. So, yeah. Everything involving the boys got me into a lot of trouble. Damn you, Peter. Just kidding. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that got me into trouble. It got me in, and how did it get me into trouble? I could have kept it a secret, but I... Uh, uttered some, I uttered some words to my then close friend, or I, I thought they were close at the time. Um, I uttered some words to them, and they turned around and they wrote me a letter basically saying that if I didn't step forward and say something to the elders in the congregation, that they would. And now keep in mind, we all know if somebody else comes forward and tattles on you, it looks worse on you because it's obvious that you've been keeping a secret. But if you step forward yourself and you utter what, and you say what, you know, wrongdoings you've done, then at least the discipline will be lighter, potentially. Um, so I went ahead and I stepped forward and I spoke to the elders in the congregation and told them what I did. And they're like, well, we're going to have to disfellowship you again. And on the day that they disfellowshipped me, it was a Sunday. It was somewhere halfway through July back in 2000. And I went, I, I had to go to the, they call it the Kingdom Hall, uh, their church. And I had to go there to meet up with them so that they would give their final proclamation as to what, you know, they were going to do to me. And that's when, as soon as they told me, that I was going to be disfellowshipped. I just burst into tears and walked right out the door. And I still remember the dress that I was wearing, nice flowy long summer dress. I still remember my little purse that I had. It was this little red Chinese takeout purse. I loved that thing and I miss it. Um, I had a Motorola flip phone at the time. I was wearing my glasses at the time because I had been crying so much and stressed so much that I had left my contacts at home. So here I am, looking like shit, in tears, got into my car, and just started driving south. I should have driven. I could not should have. Should have. I'm going to retract that. I could have driven north. If I drove north, I would have driven home. But I chose south because I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to face my parents. I didn't want to tell them what was going to happen. And I didn't feel like going through that whole entire process of coming back all over again. I was done. So here I am in the car, crying my eyes out, going, driving way too fast down the highway. I probably left Plainfield... Uh, I was on, I was going south on 395 for maybe a, a few miles and got pulled over and I'm still bawling my eyes out. And now there's two cops there must've, there must've been another cop car that had pulled up. And so I had one cop on one side of the car, one on the other. And they're like, do you want us to call you an ambulance? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just like, there's something that really bad that happened. And they're like, well, you know, here's a ticket. Have a nice day. <laughs> After all of that, they still gave me a goddamn fucking speeding ticket. And it was a lot for 23 years ago. No, it no. was a lot. It was like hundreds of dollars. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so after all of 
this. And I think it was like, don't quote me on it, but say like $279, which to a 22-year-old 23 years ago when they're highly stressed out is not exactly like it was. It was like the icing on the cake. Sip of coffee here. Anywho, so I just continued driving. My mom's trying to call my phone. I'm not answering. I just kept on driving and driving and driving and driving and driving and driving. Got on 95. Kept on going down 95. I just didn't want to turn around and go home. No. Uh, and I got to somewhere around the state line of Connecticut to New York. Was it Darien? Stopped there. Got gas. Uh, got whatever money I could. Just kept on going. Kept on driving. South, south, south. Got to the Florida border. <laughs> Oh, and so in different parts along the way, you know, different spots along the way, my mom would try and call me and, you know, and she would even text, you know, come home, come home. And I'm like, I'm not ready to come home. And every time she would say for me to come home, you know, please come home. We can work this out. No, I'm not ready to come home. And I just kept on driving. So Florida border, uh, rest stop, get myself some breakfast, looking at maps and stuff. Miami. Hey, everybody remembers uh, the Miami song that came out like 23, 24 years ago, Will Smith's Miami. I'm not going to sing it or anything like that, but <laughs> we all know that song. Well, that song was kind of hot around that time. So, hey, let's go to Miami. That put a bug in my ear. Uh, called up a motel in Miami. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a nice cheap motel. It was like $35 a night. This is perfect. So... Let me let me reserve that, and I'll be there in a few hours. And the guy's like, no, you're going to be here in about seven, eight hours. Oh, shit, okay. So I pulled in around midnight and proceeded to live in a motel for a month. And while I was in there in the hotel for a month, <laughs> I acquired a boyfriend or a couple more. And... <laughs> and... I was there for just a few days and got myself a post office box, went around town and found a job. Um, my first job down there was at an IHOP, waitressing. Did any shift. They were open 24 hours. Um, actually, the best shift that I did was working the, the third shift because that's when all of the, the clubbers from South Beach would get out and they would come there and plunk down all, all, tons of, uh, all kinds of uh, tips and stuff. Um, because they were nice and drunk, so they didn't know what money they were given anyways, and that was awesome. But, um, what the coffee? <laughs> coffee break? I'm <sighs> starting to brain fart here a little bit. Um, let's see. So, yeah. So, I lived in the ho I lived in the motel for a month, was working at IHOP, acquired a really good friend that actually I'm still, I'm still friends with to this day. We obviously don't speak that much but she is still a dear dear friend to me um yeah so i consider my first awesome friend down there and met it probably took maybe a little more than a month i had moved into um this <clears throat> this woman had basically an in-law apartment that she rented on the weekly. It was like $100 a week. And furniture, everything was included. It was like one big bedroom, my own personal bathroom, a big walk-in closet. <clears throat> and uh, 
I, I rented that. I lived there for a few months, and during that time, I met my now uh, first ex-husband. <laughs> so... Maybe um, we should clarify, he's your only ex-husband. He's not the first of your ex-husbands. My, my first ex-husband <laughs> who I am divorced of. I don't, I'm never so sure how you... How did you say it? How did you phrase it? My ex-husband. Yeah, your, your ex-husband. So, yeah. yeah, just to clarify, I am Christina's second husband. She is my first wife. Mm-hmm. So. And only. And only. <laughs> Till death do us part. But, um, yeah, I met him. Um, he didn't speak a word of English. He was there with this older lady who basically kind of like match made us. She was really nice, and I remember her and everything. She was really nice, seemed sincere and stuff. And uh, she said, oh, maybe you two should, you know, go out on a date one of these nights when you're done work, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I got to do my laundry, uh, say, tomorrow night. I got to do my laundry tomorrow night when I'm done. Go to the laundromat if we want to, like, you know, meet up over here. And then we'll go to the laundromat and just hang out and maybe, you know, go just, just talk or try to talk, <laughs> you know. But um, so we did. So that was our first day. He was he wasn't even he didn't have his own car or anything. He was dropped off at the IHOP and we went for driving my car, went and got my laundry and did laundry and just life proceeded from there. Now, within a couple of weeks he had proposed to me and by November of that year, uh we were married. And and I got him a green card. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we we had five we had five years of marriage together um there were highs and lows there and uh no in the midst of all of it so I, miami lasted for me about three years and in the process of all of that ihop didn't last that long um i i traveled from one job to another until i ended up being a flight attendant for a couple of years um, for a flight, uh, an airline that no longer exists, if you want to Google Lou Perlman, um, he was the former manage, manager for bands like the boy bands like NSYNC and I think Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees. He was their former manager and he was also involved in one of the biggest Ponzi schemes that our nation has ever experienced. Um, yeah, he was one of the owners of the airline that I worked for <laughs> and so yeah um so but you know what the 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 flight attendant experience itself was amazing a lot of fun experiences with that um and saw a lot of stuff had a lot of fun a lot of experiences and you know what if I stayed in the religion I wouldn't have all of this history and all of these experiences to relate now, life is going to have a lot of highs and lows to it, whether you're in a religion or whether you're not. Um, I chose to leave it. I was burned out by it. I needed to experience life on my own terms. And I have. And seeing that I have, I've come now to, for the past 13 years, being with the love of my life. And if I was still in that religion... I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here talking on this podcast. No, I wouldn't be here having laughs and drinking coffee with my amazing significant other. Well, thank so. you. And on your first podcast. And on yeah, on our first <clears throat> podcast. 
So, yeah. Well, what do we talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I would say? Mm-hmm. Can you pause it real quick? Because I want to get a refill on my coffee. Oh, uh, okay. All right, and we'll be right back. All right, where's my cursor? There it is. Okay. Pause. All right, here we are, back again. All right. So, my thoughts on religion, or the first thing that comes to mind for me for religion. Um, so, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, and to let people know, I know I mentioned that I, I drive to work to Waterbury um, for the last year and a half or so. I've been working as a librarian. I, I got my master's, like, and the job that I'm at, it's, you know, it, it's part of an organization, and it, it's great there. And when I think of religion, it makes me think about, there was a training that we did, you know, having to do with, you know, race and equity and, you know, di- diversity and different types of people. And it was the first time where I was ever at work where I told people, that I was a Levian Satanist, um, <clears throat> and for people, anybody listening that doesn't know too much about Satanism, obviously there are different types. Um, now we're definitely we have the Satanic Temple, um, um, and of course there's the definition of theistic Satanism, which I, I'm not even sure if it's even a real thing. I mean, I know things definitely pop up, you know, here and there. We definitely talk about that too, but. Uh, so th- that was the first time I had ever admitted it to people in a room at a job place. And the reason why is because a lot of the questions that were being asked as far as like life experience and perspective, like, I mean, it was a lot of different people and perspectives and that is important. And I realized that if I didn't share that, I wasn't being honest and it would take away from the point of the the project. Because mm-hmm. w- no, one of the other librarians that I work with, she's Wiccan. And she was saying, oh, it's not like I'm a Satanist or anything. And then she said, but they do believe this. And she got, like, the the statements wrong. She said, like, they live by eight statements. And I'm like, well, actually. And then I had a moment where I realized, like, you know what? Just just do it. Just talk about it. You're already mm-hmm. going into it. And I said, well, actually, I am. And she, she was actually apologetic about it. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like stereotype you or anything and it's like no that's all right because again th- there is a difference it's a good and, opportunity yeah. to explain and it, it was great because the, the other librarian that i worked with at the time she's not there anymore but she was my mentor the first moment when i said that because i kind of like creeped into it was like okay do you both know who anton LaVey is and and my mentor she goes yep and the other library works she's like yep it's like okay I I am a Levian Satanist. I've been a Levian Satanist since I was eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm forty one years old now. And uh, the first thing that my mentor says to me, she looks at me, she goes, "Have you ever been to the Black House?" <laughs> and I'm like, because she's from California, so she she already like knew what that was. And as far as I know, it's, it's I believe they tore it down. They may have rebuilt it again. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. I've definitely fallen out of it. Like in regards to like little stuff like that, but mm-hmm. that's fine because that's kind of the beauty of being a Levian Satanist or Levianist. I actually kind of like how Levianist sounds. It kind of sounds like suave and, you know, when you think Satanist, I mean, everybody thinks like, or not everybody, but I mean, let's face it, like if you say the word Satanist to somebody who grew up in a Christian family, they're going to think, 
you know, cutting the heads off of babies and destroying mm-hmm. the world, and they're thinking they're thinking of like devil yeah, worshippers at and, that point. Yeah, so it's like it's you you're kind of worried about what <clears throat> what people are going to say when you mention that to them. Because again, like before I started working as a librarian, I worked in education. Of course, working in education, you're working with moms of two, and they're taking them to soccer, and you know they were raised a Catholic, and it's like I can't have that conversation with people like that. It's like yeah. our work relationship would never be the same. But what's cool about being a librarian is that it's like you, you promote that and differences in people, and so it was cool to kind of say that. It's like, oh, have you ever seen The Black House? It's like, oh, no, I haven't. And, but, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, coming back to as far as bringing up with people, even when you and I first started dating, and I kind of loved it about our first date, is that you, like, I loved that you didn't have any patience for bullshit. It's like, okay, I don't want to waste any more time than I have to if you're an asshole or a loser. Of course. You know, what, what's up with this? And, like, you, you already knew that, you know, my thoughts on religion, like, on our first date. And it was just like, like, I swear, like, I was sweating when I was talking about it. I was like, holy shit, I'm never going to see this woman ever again. Um, and that's actually happened, too. I mean, there have been, you know, people that I've dated, and it's like, we date for a few weeks, and then that conversation happens when you start talking about religion. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know what, I'm sorry, but I don't feel comfortable dating you anymore. There was one relationship that I remember I was in like maybe a couple years after college and you know she she was cool she was an English teacher and you know then we had that conversation and keep in mind she had that association with religion like growing up in a Christian household and also her father had passed away you were in a relationship with an English teacher yeah this, oh, but this, I, this is going I ba- did not know that babe this is going way back and how no, much I'm just curious you know, no, and, I, I had no idea yeah, but oh. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that lasted like maybe two months. But like, <laughs> but you know, basically, you know, we had that conversation. It's like she has that association with religion. That's like you know, her father had passed away, and it's like she has that you know, the memories of going to church with her father, and all that. So it's like, you know, having that sort of association and that value with religion. And mm-hmm. here's somebody who comes along and says, you know, I mean, I didn't tell her that I think it's bullshit. But obviously, if you're with somebody that has that that sort of different way of thinking it it challenges it and then that challenges all that and everything like that too but um and you know and to go back to it um like as far as even letting people know like ever since like i've i did that training like i almost feel like i'm more open to it i mean it's like i don't think my parents even no, like mom and dad have never had that conversation with them. I mean, uh, they're smart. I mean, growing up and still living in in Spencer with them, I mean, the the Satanic Bible was right on my bureau with like other books. So mm-hmm. it's not like it was like hidden from them, but it's just the, that conversation never happened. But <clears throat> you know where it is now, right? It's on the book. <laughs> our bookcase right or somewhere I, I did this on purpose sorry to interject with your story but no, the satanic your satanic bible is on our bookcase right on top of my old bible <laughs> nice <laughs> just so, so that they can have a nice little conflict with each other yeah. anyway yeah so like i don't think they even know <clears throat> and again i've never had the conversation with like other people i worked with in the past um, I know it's on my Facebook profile now that I am, so anybody 
that I'm friends with that I used to work with or doesn't know can creep up on my page and be like, oh, well, I wonder what's, what that's about. <laughs> so, but you know what? It's like, why not? You know, just like, just get it all out there. It's like, I'm, I'm 41 years old. Mm-hmm. Who, wh- what am I trying to prove to people anymore? And it's like, we live in an age where, you know, people really need to be honest with who they are and things that they want out of life. Because I think if, if there's something that we can all agree on is that someday we're all going to be, you know, dead and we don't know what the, what the fuck is going to happen. And so it's like, you might as well live the best life that you can and enjoy life. And I think everybody's trying to do that. And I really think it's important to remember that with people when we interact with each other. Cause again, we, we do live in an age where we have social media and we're now more connected to people with different opinions now more than ever. And so, you know, somebody who was raised Christian and really has never known anything else and, you know, or, you know, somebody who has a very liberal way of thinking and doesn't, and people need to remember, it's like, we, we all have different perspectives and we're all trying to do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it, I just think that's an important thing to remember. Absolutely. Um, so there you go on that. Um, to give a little bit of background as far as how I got into it, or at least I feel like why I got into it. And it's funny because, um, you remember in Death Proof when they're talking to uh, Stuntman Mike yeah. at the, in the bar and it's just like, you know, what got you into Stuntman? And he basically says, like, it's like for most for most men, what's like the number one reason that anybody does or gets into anything? And he's like, my brother got me into it. <laughs> <laughs> so so to give a little context on that, um, <clears throat> of course, I'm 41 years old, so I, I was born in 1981 and I grew up in the 80s. And anybody could agree that like 80s is like a golden age of like, creepy sci-fi and creepy animation and so it's like wasn't that also when the satanic panic was going on yeah there's that too so it's like here i am somebody who grew up with these really cool theatrical like villains in these stories so it's like Mm. you've got darth vader in star wars you've got tim curry in legend and he steps out of the the mirror with the giant fucking horns like oh my and when you're like four or five years old you're like oh my god that's the coolest thing i've ever seen and he's like seven feet tall he's like sit and talk with me and it's like <laughs> it's like that's so cool <clears throat> and you know grew up on like animated frank and bass so you've got like flight of dragons which we watched recently mm-hmm. in fact for the record christina got me flight of dragons on blu-ray um i watched it at christmas and like, I was, like, a total kid again. But I, I digress. So it's like you've got, like, Omadon. He's got his arms out. He's talking about, I will teach a man to use his machines. And it's like, it's like, oh, that's so cool. So it's like when you're a kid and you're, you know, doing creative play and stuff like that, and you go out with your friends and your friends are like, yeah, let's go play this game. Let's go play night. And, of course, it's like when you're playing games with people and, you're, you know, you're using wiffle ball bats as swords and you've got, like, Nerf guns and you're pretending it's, like, and arrow and stuff like that. Like I always wanted to be the bad guy. It's like it's like I'm going to be the bad guy, and I'm going to, you know, oh, you haven't seen the last of me, and you know, and I'll, so it's like I always had when it came to like the idea of like villainy and evil. Like I never really used the word evil to describe like real life and real life people. So it's like when you think of things like serial killers and. All, all, all the fucked up shit basically that happens in the world when you hear about people mm. getting murdered and torture and horrible things happening to children. It's like I don't, I never 
associated the word evil with that. I've always looked at the word evil, like good and evil being more of like a storytelling word or like okay. a theater word. It's like, you are the villain, you are evil. And it's like, that's your presence. Whereas like, you know, you hear about like a bomb going off and like killing children and stuff. Like I don't say, oh, that's evil. I mean, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awful. And, and like, you know, it's wrong and it's horrible that that happens. But I don't, I don't associate that sort of like sense of like, I don't attach the words good and evil to that, like, because again, again, I think of that, like, from, like, a theatrical Hollywood storytelling, you know, sort of context. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up with that, and then, of course, again, brother got me into it, John started, John, my brother, uh, started getting into, you know, louder music, and so he comes home and he's like, hey, here's Metallica, here's White Zombie, you know, Marilyn Manson, and it's like, oh, Marilyn Manson, it's like, hey, did you hear, this guy's a Satanist, and it's like, he is, whoa, so sort of that, like, now that theater, that storytelling was starting to come into music for me, so, because, of course, again, Marilyn Manson is totally theatrical, and White Zombie, Rob Zombie still is, too, Um, so it's like having that sort of theater element, and, of course, like, guar, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like having that sort of, like, storytelling aspect of, like, evil, like, you know, I really enjoyed it in that context, too. And then, of course, John got into the Satanic Bible, and it's like, okay, so now here's a religion with that sort of theater to it, too. Because, again, like, anybody, or not anybody, I'm not going to say that, but Peter Gilmore, who's uh, in charge of it now, basically, he took over when Anton LaVey passed away. Mm-hmm. Like, He's, he, Peter Gilmore still alive? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he, he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that all, all religions are showbiz, and the church of Satan is the only one that really admits it. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like kind of like, you know what, it's showbiz, it's fun, it's cool, and then when you really read it, and it's a very practical way, and a very, I don't want to use the word productive way, but it's like, it, it's a good way to look at things. It's like, you know what, enjoy things, but don't do things compulsively. Like, if you're going to go out and do this thing, whether it's like, you know, to go and have beer, or, you know, you're going to go and have sex with multiple people, like, do it because it makes you happy, but not because it comes from some sort of, like, compulsive place, like, like you're compulsively wanting to, like, be, drink, and then you become an alcoholic, and, and it's like, and that's a good thing, a good mindset to have, and, you know, you know, and, like, love is love, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, and when it says, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, it doesn't mean, like, S&M, like, if you're whipping somebody or something, you know, like, yeah, I mean. but just, like, you know, all the party, if all the parties are involved or in agreement, you know, what, what's, what's the problem? Exactly. And, and it's like, and I think that's very good for people, you know, or LGBTQIA+. <laughs> yes, I said the whole thing. Wow. Um, so it's like, I mean, you look at other religions and it's like, a religion shouldn't be a cause. It should be a tool. It should be something that makes your life better. And if you're somebody who's gay or you're transgender and an or a group that you are a part of, like let's say if you're that and you're Christian and people around you are saying, oh, well, it's a sin, you know, you're going to go to hell. And they, you know, it's like, what, what what good does that serve you? It's like, you know, you should, you should associate yourself with things that want to build you up. And it's like, yeah. so it's like, of course, if you're... The Levian Satanist, it, you know, nothing is going to build you up more because it's about the self. Um, it, and when it comes to that, because I'm sure other people have opinions on him, even like Satanic Temple, like, oh, Levian Satanist, it's like it's so selfish. And, and that is true. But it also taught me, I feel like there's like different 
degrees of selfishness. Like, there's, like, completely caring about yourself, like, okay, how I'm doing, what makes me happy. But then there's also, like, the people around me. Like, it makes me happy to know that you're happy. You know, it's like, okay, things are going great for my wife. That makes me feel happy. I'm happy for her. And that association, me being... I always felt like me being concerned with your happiness over somebody that I've never even met is on some sort of level like a degree of selfishness. It's like, okay, if if I had a total stranger in one hand and I had you in the other and I had to save one of you to, you know, if one of you is going to fall into a river and I have to choose one to save, of course I'm going to save you because you're my wife and I love you, uh, you know, so it's like... I mean that much to you? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that in and of itself is like... Of a form of selfishness because mm. it's like well why did you save your wife and not the other person it's like because it's my fucking wife you but know. that's also a choice yeah it's a matter of choice yeah so like and it comes to that too that it's like oh love everybody and it's like well some people I mean if if you legitimately hate someone like they did something to you and it's like it's not forgivable or like not forgivable anytime soon it's like what right does that person to have to like have your love or, or your friendship so I mean and obviously you know um, I can hold a grudge for a very long time and I would you know <laughs> what you read sorry to interject but you just read my mind um, I have a question for you yeah is it healthy um, according to a Levan Satanist is it healthy to harbor and hold a grudge that is an interesting question the short answer of it is if it's bringing my life down, like if it's like interfering with my happiness and my ability to be happy, mm-hmm. then yes. It's like, okay, if this is something that's actually like bringing your life down, you need to do things that you need to do in order to, to deal with that. And in the Satanic Bible, it does talk about um, like spells and stuff like that. And depending on, you're, you're allowed to interpret it the way you want. What's kind of beautiful about that whole system doing that, I've never done that myself, for the record, but just as far as, like, creating, like, a ritual or something like that is, the whole point of it is to, like, get it out of your system. It's like, you know, kind of like, okay, closed doors, no distractions, like, it's there, you have this whole setup that kind of brings you in the moment, and it, like, it all comes out of you. So it's like, if you're angry, it all comes out. It's like, you know, you motherfucker! You know, and it's like, just to, it's like... Get it, get it out. It's like you get know, it out and get over it's it. It's like get it all out of your system because if you can get it all out of your system and put it out there, put like put it out into the world in your own way, like it, you'll feel better. Because let's face it, if you're angry about something and you have that moment where you're allowed to just get, let yourself go, son of a bitch, mm-hmm. you know, and then whew, and it's like you get it out and then just kind of let let it go. Mm-hmm. Like that's you're gonna feel better. So yeah. it's like. Whereas, like, if you're keeping it all bottled inside, it's like, oh, well, there's this, that. and it's like, and you're holding on to that. It's then, not yeah. healthy to keep it bottled up inside. You know, so coming back to that, I mean, I, I will own that. That it's like, because, you know, I will say, you know, there are certain people out there who may or may not have been our landlord in the past. Sometimes <laughs> I, <laughs> that I will, that I will, you know, creep up on and I'll see, like, status things and I'll sit there and I'll go, <laughs> you know. It's like, it's like, how's your life doing? It's like, oh, your life sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know what? If I'm doing that, like, if I spend 30 seconds on that on my lunch break at work, 
have a little chuckle to myself and then put it away and then I'm mm-hmm. done with it and then it's like okay now I'm on my lunch break and it's like what what's going on in the news what's going on with the student loan fiasco and stuff like that I mean I don't see that being too Un- bad unhealthy. for me like I don't see that being too unhealthy yeah. I mean it's like if you're if you're holding a grudge with a person and you're like if you're you're driving to the person's house and like on their front lawn and starting fights and getting arrested or something like that, then yeah, that's, that's totally like, that's it's like, stalking. dude, dude, you gotta, you, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta figure your shit out. You gotta, you know. Yeah, you gotta overcome that. Yeah. And I know like a part of, a huge part of the religion too is Satanism does support revenge, but it also supports self-preservation too. So it's like, think of it this way, like. Like, it supports revenge, but also, like, self-preservation, like, there are consequences. So it's like, let's say, oh, this person murdered somebody that I cared about. I'm going to go murder this person, too, for revenge. It's like, okay, if you're... We're not saying you can't do that, but if you do do that, there are going to be consequences. If you go and kill somebody, even though they kill somebody that you love, somebody that loves them is probably going to go and want to kill you, too. So it's like, if you're going to do that, just be aware that that is... You know that that chain that you're probably going to start consequences um, to your actions. So, I mean, and you know, again, coming back to that situation when all that went down, as far as a certain person that we gave money to on a monthly basis, living in an apartment. <clears throat> as far as my, how shall we say, like revenge when I did that, us going to small claims court and me winning that was a very satisfying revenge for me because Mm -hmm. that person walking around high and mighty and acting thinking that they knew what was what and thinking that they could scare me off by sending me a seven thousand dollar bill to replace rugs and carpets (laughs) and then me saying you know what we're gonna settle this in front of a third party and like me being like i was very satisfied with that walk away with that but anyways we we don't have to talk about that much more (laughs) no you can just so we can just Google your name and uh, look up judicial stuff yeah. <laughs> to and find it, out it, the answer on that one. Yeah, and it, it is there. <laughs> I did not walk away with all of our security deposit, but I walked away with enough that I made my point. You know what you walked <laughs> away with? You walked away with you walked away financially with something, and you walked away with your head high. <clears throat> Yeah. And you know what? If given a choice with anything, I'd say you walk you walking away with your pride is the best part. That is that the that is the winner takes all. Yeah. You know? I'm just glad that it's over too. It that, is. That it's, sucked. It's long over. You yeah. never have to never have to experience that ever again. You know. I still can't believe the cost of rents nowadays. Yeah, it's no, it sucks it out is, there. We yeah it's absolutely atrocious i feel bad for anybody that has to pay rent nowadays no it's like you you don't get anything in return you're shelling out so much money for something to for for a place that is not yours but at the same time uh the cost of all of the houses out there they're so damn expensive where it's hard for anybody how can anybody that's putting all of their money towards rent ever have the chance to save their money to buy a house, especially when houses are so goddamn expensive. So anybody that's renting right now, I feel like they're stuck. And plus also, there just really aren't enough houses on the market right now in order to, you know, supply and demand. Yep. And 
Anyways. On the, on the subject, though, and coming back to selfishness, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> shit, shit is definitely fucked up right now for people as far as getting by and cost of living and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you and I, I feel like we've been very lucky when it comes to all that. It's like, it's like as soon as like stuff really started to hit, like I got that phone call and it's like, hey, hey. we want you to work for us. And that ch- changed our lives and we're able to afford a home. Mm-hmm. And we got... You know, we got a good deal on this house too, mm-hmm. and the house is in good enough shape. And it's like we're, we're we've been very lucky where it counts. Absolutely, you know, definitely. No, I'm so glad that we're here. I'm glad that yeah. we're here with our two sweet little pups. One of which is over here wanting to get some love for me. Oh, you're so little puppy, bye bye. You are. And every time I rub your head, I can always I can always smell. The, that smell that's coming off of that pheromone oh, on collar. The, on the collar. Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know about you, but I'm personally thinking, it's not doing shit. <laughs> I mean, if, he's still barking. He's still all over the place. I, I, feel like he's, I feel like he's not as in your face, though, on Winnie, though, as he's been, though. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the only time it seems like he's really in her face is whenever they come back from daycare. But but also he hasn't gone to daycare since exactly. we put so, it on, though, too. So, yeah. I mean, I did book an appointment for them on Monday. Yeah, so, I saw that. I got the notification. Yeah, awesome. So we'll yeah, see how that goes, and hopefully we don't hear that he's been humping her all day. <laughs> yeah. you got to yeah. stop at the whole humping thing. She must stay pure. All right? She is a princess. You can't be humping your sister. That's gross. That's gross. Kind of like eating turds. Fresh out of fresh out of her ass. That's gross. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I do a few more things to interject. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Actually, so. can we pause for a second? Because uh, i got to take a quick little break here. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll be right back. After these messages. Pause? Yep. All right. Okay, so anyways... All right, um, so a few more things to say about Satanism, or at least the idea of Satanism on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, co- coming back to when, when I first got into it, um, there was definitely, like, when, when you, of course, when you're younger, there's definitely that, like, like, shock value to it. So I was like, yeah, this is what I believe in. So younger, that definitely tied into it. Um, as an adult, 41 years old, like, like I don't associate necessarily the, like, the edginess with it anymore, but it is, for me, it is a very practical way to look at life and to enjoy your life, and so it's like, if, if that hasn't changed for me and it's, it still makes sense to me, it's like, why, why change that? And it's like, you know what, I would like to think that I have had a happy life because of choices that I made and ways that I approach things, and... Um, I will definitely say that it has made me, and I will say this, especially like if you've ever seen comments that I've ever made on Facebook of people and, or not about people, but I mean like joining in on conversations on Facebook, I'm sure people might definitely have some opinions on things I may have said in the past. Um, I will definitely tell you this, being... A living insaneness has definitely made me skeptical of institutions that say they are out to help people. <laughs> so it's like when you look at, you know, something like the Catholic Church, and it's like, okay, love your neighbor, we preach love and peace, and it's important to love people and pray for people. 
and then you hear about you know children getting molested and things getting covered up and women that are getting beaten by their husbands are not allowed to get a divorce and it's just like it's like that and you know it's like oh you know gay people are monsters and it's like that doesn't really sound like a loving institution to me no it seems very hypocritical and corrupt yeah so when i hear you know about new organizations coming up or you know you know hashtags on facebook and like i definitely get skeptical of those things too it doesn't mean that they're not sincere but it's like i get very skeptical cuz there is a difference between actually helping people or wanting to help people and you know even again specifics like wanting equity and wanting rights for you know lgbtq people it's like there's a difference between saying that you want those things and then like actually like wanting those things for people and wanting to help so it's like it's become very i do feel like it's become very fashionable to like say those things and then it's like you get to build yourself up and it's like oh yeah right on and then you're getting likes and you're getting yeah, shares on twitter very, yeah people are very much uh attention getting like i i get very skeptical of those things it's like you know you get those celebrity videos and it's like you've got you know all these people and they're like the black and white shots it's like you gotta take a stand take a stand and it's like dude somebody paid you to be here you got your paycheck and you're gonna go back to your rich life and it's why don't like, you take a stand with your money yeah so it's like it's like who, who are you trying to fool and yeah. it's like you know, somebody will share a hashtag, and it's like, you know, you get the war in Ukraine flag, and then the next shot, the person is, you know, holding their, the most expensive latte that you could ever see, and, you know, doing a selfie, and it's like... I hate that shit. I, I, like, I, and again, this is, you know, I, I will go so far as to say it's a bias. Like, I, I get very skeptical of people that, that say, I support this, I support that, and it's like... Are you really in support of that, or are you just trying to find a way to build yourself up? Because I, I will say this, I will share this story. There was somebody that I did add on Facebook once, just for the sake of doing it. This person lived in Salem, and I would swear, like every day or every couple of days, it was a very like controversial, or not maybe maybe controversial is not the right way to do it, but just like sh- sharing screenshots <clears throat> of tweets and things that ruffle feathers how shall we say okay so it's like you know so it you know could be about race it could be about lgbtq and then next thing you know you've got like a hundred people commenting and arguing and you know it's got 200 likes or 200 angry faces and i was noticing that a lot and then i would swear like every three or four days it was an advertisement for like hey here's this new jewelry line that i made like come and check out my shop and it's like you motherfucker. It's like getting all these people to comment and react to your thing on your social media. And now you're in my feed all the time. And now all these people that have been reacting are going to see your ad for your product. And, yeah. and it's like, and the, the news does it too. Like I didn't see this directly, but I remember like Bill Burr talking about it on a podcast and like, I totally, it's like, dude, I totally hear you. It was when all that fucked up shit happened. And was it Charlottesville when like, you know, like white supremacists were there in the tiki torches and and uh was that Fredericksburg? It, it was remember there were the protests that were happening over the statue and they wanted to take the statue down and like shit got out of hand and like it was white, somewhere in Virginia yeah yeah I, I, it was, okay I think it was Charlottesville I think or, well while you're talking yeah, about it let me you're gonna look it up yeah it's like Joe Rogan <laughs> can you look that up Jamie can you yeah. look that up 
was looking it up. But like, um, it, were they riots or were they protests? It, it well, it started out as a protest, but protests in Virginia. Try, try like typing Charlotte and Virginia. George Floyd protests? No, th- th- no this was before those. that. Uh, Roanoke? No, but, that was George Floyd. But, anyways, it was. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, where was I going with this, too? <laughs> Charlottesville, uh, you're right. Yeah, so. Yep, the white nationalists who gathered on the University of Virginia campus stand at the base of Thomas Jefferson's statue. Yeah, so, a- anyways. Okay. Yeah, c- coming back to what I was saying, so. Um, Bill Burr was talking about it like it was either on his podcast or someone else's where it's like he clicked on the article and it's like can you read about you know the, per- the person that got run over by by the guy and it's just like oh my god that's awful that's horrible mm-hmm. and you keep reading and then you get interrupted by an ad for Lipton iced tea you know or Lipton uh. lemonade so it's like here's this ho- horrible tragic thing as like you're reading it on this news page and then you get hit with an ad and it's like find ways to better improve your life here's some things to help you quit smoking and it's like you know what you're reminding me of right about now what's that uh product placement in movies yeah which really grinds my ears like i do think annoying shit i I do think people are guilty of it i do think um or like news organizations are guilty of it i do think companies are guilty of it is like using things that are socially important you know, it's like, okay, here are these things going on and, like, things should change. And it's like, let's use that to our advantage to build ourselves up. Even politicians, too. It's like, oh, we need to do this and do that. And it's like, are you really trying to make changes for certain demographics of people or do you just want their votes, you know? And it's like, you're going to say that and you're going to have these posters that say that you want it and then nothing ends up happening in the grand scheme of things. So I get very skeptical of those things when they do get shared but I will also say this on my end because of biases that doesn't mean that I don't want those things to happen mm-hmm. and you know if I do butt heads ever butt heads with people that are sincere you know hey I'm, I'm always willing to talk and I will say I do gen- genuinely hope that people that don't get to enjoy the certain levels of happiness and opportunity and feelings of safety that I have you know in my life I, like I really hope that they do too, right. definitely. Um, but we could even probably save that conversation for another podcast. <laughs> um, well, you had me thinking. Actually, in the meantime, um, do you think that we should ever have a podcast about our religious, uh, not religious view, our political views? We certainly can. Um, that would probably be what about ten minutes long at the most. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this: um, if we do. There are definitely some things I have to say as, like, disclaimers and stuff. Because mm. when it comes to that, like, I'm not an expert on anything. And it's no, like, coming back, to what I I. Sa- coming back to what I said before, I do think... Pretty basic that every- over here. Like, I think we just need to cut each other some slack. Everybody's just trying to do the best that they can. You yeah. see news articles, you see things that happen in the news, and people react. It's an angry and, world that we live in. Yeah, everybody is so pissed off at each other, and everybody wants to argue. Everybody wants to say what they have to say, but they don't... It, it, expecting to be heard, but nobody's listening. Yeah, and it's and then sometimes another thing, too, is that it is a genuinely important thing, and people are trying to make a change, and it's like, okay, something is happening. And then... There are all there are people that will 
again, like I always said before, to use it to their own advantage. Here, um, here's another example for you. Um, remember, like Occupy Wall Street, you know, and everybody's you know parked outside the banks and I the still protests. don't even know what the significance of that was. And you know, what, does um, that sound terrible for me to say? And you know, it's, that's. <laughs> You know, that's the world that we live in now, too. There's yeah. so much news in the, like, out there that it's like it, it's hard to even remember stuff that happened I'll give you know, you a, a year ago. I'll give <laughs> you a current relevant piece of information that's going on in the, in the world, or at least in our nation right now, that I haven't even given myself the time to bother looking up online about, that Murdaugh, the, 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 they're going to jail or something like that. Some person, and it looks like their last name is Murdaugh, Murtaugh, something like that. You know who I'm talking about? No. <laughs> his, his, name is in the, his name is in the headlines all over the place, and he's going to jail. And I don't know why he's so relevant. So yep. is it your turn to look it up? No, yep, maybe we'll. Let's, let's find out like what's going on with this person and why they are so relevant. Can we look that up, matter? Jamie? Can you look it up, Jamie? <laughs> Actually, if there's anything going on in the world right now that, that I've been paying attention to, to a small degree, are all of those earthquakes over in Turkey or Syria, out that neck of the woods. And I've been keeping track of like the death toll. Like for, As of right now, somewhere around 46,000 people have perished in that. that. Sucks. That sucks big time. They found, there was one tiny article that I found about how they found this dog that you know, was buried in the rubble for three weeks and they got him out alive. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, not picture. that awesome that it happened, but... But I mean, three yeah. weeks. Yeah. No? How How do, you know, there's still, I mean, they're not really finding as many people now, obviously, alive. You know, how, how long can a person live without any sustenance or water? You know, three weeks going, but, you know, still, it's like... Scary world that we live in. Earthquakes scare me. Yeah. Oh shit, that scares me. Yeah. No, it's sad that I'm still even looking up. I'm I'm, I'm doing doing Google searches on uh you know nuclear war and North Korea and all of that shit. That's the kind of stuff that concerns me more than anything. No, when you have somebody like Putin over there in Russia, no. Is he crazy? Is he crazy enough where he could just push the button? No. Do we have leaders out there that are crazy enough to push the button? That's the stuff that freaks me out. Yeah. No. Do Probably. are we, are we going to have a world to to leave to to the next generations? No. Not whoever this. Did you ever find out who that Mur Murdaugh? Yeah. Is? So honestly, I've kind of been asleep on this whole thing. I. This is honestly my first time hearing about it. Really? Just, again, it's been a busy week. Well, whenever too. I say Murtaugh, I instantly want to think of, uh, was it from Lethal Weapon? Danny Glover? Was he Murtaugh? Yes. <laughs> I don't think it's Mur Murtaugh. Maybe it was, maybe this guy is Murdaugh? It's, it's Murdaugh. Okay. Yeah. All right. But but. Murtaugh. Put the gun in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so who but, is this guy? So Alex Murdaugh. Um, he's definitely on trial. Sorry, getting a lot of videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, Alex Murdaugh found guilty of murdering his wife and son. Okay. After deliberating for less than three hours Thursday, the jury found a double murder trial, found him guilty. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy who 
killed his wife and kid. Was he a politician? Was he somebody that, that, you know, was he a celebrity? Who is this guy? Is he, was he a complete stranger to all of us? What makes his story so relevant? Let me look that up Because I have something to add to this uh, after you find that out. He's a veteran personal injury attorney. And you know what? He was an attorney. Yeah. You know what? I've got to say this right now. Here I am. I clicked on that article and I'm already getting an ad coming back to <laughs> create an account so, here. It's I'm like a so click off on ads. that. So yeah, the personal attorney was heir to a legal dynasty that had held sway over South Carolina's low country region for more than a century. So he's a, a big shot attorney, comes from money, mm-hmm. and he is going to jail. Yeah. For a long time, if not forever, hopefully. Yeah. He killed his wife and kid. Wow. Well, now we know. Well, because I was was going to say, it's like, whoever this guy is, now that I know who he is. But still, attorney aside, it's like, okay, we, we sensationalized and put this guy in the headlines. And a few weeks ago... Uh, just a few towns away from us, we had we had a, a, a triple, well, definitely two people that were murdered, and I believe the third person was the one that murdered the two, and then they killed themselves. So a murder, we had a, a, a murder-suicide? Yeah. We had a murder-suicide, like two, three towns away from us. And that was big news around here in this area, but then this guy, this attorney, makes national news. No. What about stuff that's in our, you know, that's in our within our vicinity? Yeah, it's weird what we make big news in yeah. the world versus the stuff that maybe should be bigger news than what is considered current big news. Yeah, no, it's it it definitely sucks that this guy, this Murdaugh, did what he did, and it's it sucks that no that a family is now gone. It, that really sucks. But in the whole grand scheme of things, that shit happens way too often all the time. And their names are not in the headlines, whoever these people are. No. Or maybe they get, you know, a, 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 a tiny little a tiny little article on, like, the tenth page into a paper. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we should talk more about bigger stuff in the world. Yeah. And. and and you know what? <laughs> I'm actually going to circle back because again, yeah. I still have some other things to say. That so oh boy, w- got a little derailed. Coming back to Occupy Wall Street. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like coming back Speaking to that. Speaking of stuff that I like, don't you know, give a shit about. So so here you have people getting together. They're protesting. It's like fucked up shit's going on at the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to do something about it. People getting together. They're standing towards a cause, and it's like, hey, you know protest it's like this is america you should have a right to protest get together and do all that and it's like maybe it could do some change and what happens when you know once occupy wall street happens people start getting raped (laughs) you know so it's like so it's like okay here is this cause that people are doing and then you have these people you know that are out in these tents with these people they're taking an opportunity you know just like i mentioned before it's like how can i take this to my advantage so it's like you've got this social event that's happening, and now you've got these creeps. Like, let's see what I can get away with. And it's like that sort of selfishness, like in coming in the, or you know what? Maybe selfishness is not the right word to use for that. Because again, when it comes, like I do like saying this, it's like, you know, 
when it comes to things like sexual assault and rape and things like that, I mean, rape is not sex. Rape is a crime. And mm. it's like, it's a, it's a criminal act and a person doing it knows that what they're doing is a crime. And of course you have, you know, the psychology of somebody that has that type of personality and all, all that stuff in there. So I don't want to say like, oh, it's a person getting selfish because th- that is something that I would never do. You know, it's like, and to quote Penn Jillette, when he says, like, oh, if you don't believe in God, you know, what's to stop you from raping and murdering everybody that you want? And then he, his answer is, I have raped and murdered everyone I want. Because, <laughs> again, the answer is zero. Because, like, he, oh, okay. he, he hasn't wanted to rape and murder anybody. Yeah. And So it doesn't take having to, it doesn't take having to be a spiritual person or believing in a God in order to uh, have some common sense? Like, or just, like, know that, like... And again, coming back to... What's right and what's wrong. Or coming back to consequences. It's like, if you're going to murder somebody, you're going to go to jail. But at the same time, I mean, we also live in a society where it's like, we do define when it might be okay. It's like... So it's like, somebody goes out on the street, shoots a total stranger. It's like, okay, that person should go to jail. That person, and however that, that goes. You know, somebody... You know, there there was that viral video where that guy premeditates. Um, the guy that like molested and murdered his like three year old son Ugh. is being transported in in the airport, and the father gets a gun, totally premeditated, goes over there and like shoots him right in the head and kills him. I don't think he did any jail time for that at all because it's like you know if I was ever in that situation, it's like what would I do if I was in that situation where somebody basically like. Stole my life, you know, my the happy life I made for myself. It's like you know, it's like you're, you know, somebody's wife gets murdered, children like horrible, like somebody poisons their dogs, like fucked up shit like that. And it's like how how do you make that right for yourself? It's like oh, I'm just going to sit back and let the law handle it, or it's like what like does I, I, sorry just like does the laws of nature dictate? It's like I'm going to make this right myself. And again, I can't answer that completely for myself because I've never been in that situation. It's like if somebody like wronged my life so bad, like would I like go go that far? And like I would like to say that's like, hey, we live in a society and I do those things. But like I've it's interesting like to see how people act when they are really tested with those things because there are people out there that do take that thing and they do believe in forgiveness and they forgive you know, somebody that did that that sort of level of thing to them. Um, now I'm just starting to ramble. <laughs> um, I believe like a lot of your description of what you were just saying right now reminded me of like movies having to do with vigilantes. Yeah, but so, sorry <laughs> I was instantly to... thinking of like Charles Bronson, like Death Wish, yeah. style. Yeah. But stuff. like I do feel that there are people that will always take an opportunity to to do things that it's like even coming back to like and. Sorry to get controversial or anything like this, but the George Floyd protests, and and for the record, I completely support that, and it's like everything that happened with that was absolutely horrible. And somebody that, sorry, I'm going to derail again a little bit on that, you know, like how long was it? Like nine minutes? Somebody that has worked in the education system, and I've worked with like highly behavioral children, and I've been in so many like restraints, like I've been punched by students, kicked by students. And, like, I've, like, held students in restraints for a long period of time. And let me tell you something. 
three minutes or five minutes of holding somebody and they're screaming and they're struggling. That's five like minutes, fucking eternity. It's, it's an eternity. So the fact that it's like that happened for what was it, nine minutes, and they're all just standing around. If I was one of those guys, even just the common sense of it, I'd like if I was one of those guys, I would have gone over. It's like, hey, but, hey, it's like we got, we got him. Let him up. You don't want this, like, because I've been in this. But you'd be interfering. You know, but but it's like if. But what I mean is like they were all cops. They're all you know, on the same team. And it's like, me being in restraints, I've definitely even been on it on the outside. It's like, hey, adjust your elbow because this is going on. Because obviously you don't want the kid to get hurt. And so it's like... saying that, they they were that angry. A true professional who who is a police officer and is actually like performing the role that they're supposed to would be able to say like, hey, listen, you know, get off his neck. It's like, it's, that's not, you know, and just I think all people that, but, were already saying that yeah. when they were and, recording him doing that. And it's just like, and it's, the whole thing is fucked up. But getting back to my point, and again, yes, I completely support that and I really hope that a lot of that stuff like that gets changed because it's like, it, it, it sucks, the whole thing about it. But coming back to it, I do feel that there were probably a lot of people that protested when that happened that we're really even interested in that whole situation at all. Like, because let's face it, COVID was happening at the same time. People are cooped up. People are bored. And I think there are probably a lot of people out there that took that opportunity. It's like, here's an excuse for me to go out and burn things and destroy things. And I'm going to seize that opportunity. It's like, I mean, and it's unfortunate that people got shot, but that whole situation with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, and yes, I absolutely agree that it's like... as far as the sincerity of, like, the whole situation of that, it's like, come on. But, like, the, the people that got shot there, and it's like, oh, the people that he shot, they're heroes and stuff, and then you find out, like, one of them, like, was a sex offender and, like, either molested some person or raped some person or molested some kid, another one for assault. And no, that's not a reason that it's like, oh, well, it was justified that he killed them, but it's like, do we really feel that those people were there to support to support people? Or was it an opportunity to you know, spray paint things. It's like, were people really there to, like, try and make a change for for people because people are get, getting hurt by police officers? Or was it an opportunity to, like... It's almost kind of like... And anybody listening, and even you too, my darling, you know, it's like going to a concert and you go to a metal concert, like... I can definitely remember some sh- going to some shows where there are some people that go to shows not because they like the music and they enjoy the music, but because there's moshing and some people like to take an opportunity to, tr- to hurt somebody. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. It's like, oh, I was just dancing. You know, like, those people do exist. I don't, yeah. I mean, I can't remember the last time I ever saw that, but at the same time, when was the last time you and I had been so close to a pit when we went to a show? No, God, I, it feels like forever. You know what I think? It, it like the last like forever time when, ago. You know what? It, yeah, even going to a concert in general. But, I mean, I think the last time when you and I were ever in that situation was when we went to go see the Misfits at Riot Fest. The first the first time. The Riot Fest in Chicago in 2016 when they got back together. Seven years? Yeah. Jesus it was Christ. Yeah, because what was it? Rob Zombie, he did Ast- the entire Astro Creep album, which was amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then we saw the Misfits and Was came that the up- same one as Meshuggah? Was that the same no, time? No, that, that, that was, was the other one. That was Rammstein. Oh. When we went to go see, yeah, it was Meshuggah Ministry, and Rammstein was a headliner, which was also amazing. Um, I thought Meshuggah was a different stage, though. It was a different stage, but it was the same 
uh, same venue, show. Yeah. same uh, property. Meshuggah, I, I want to say they headlined that smaller stage, and then we went over to the main area, and that's when Rammstein played. Ooh. But yeah, I remember no. <laughs> Misfits go, you know, open, Death Comes Ripping, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then he's like, all right, now we're going to do another song. This, this song's called I Turn Into a Martian, and I swear, like, the whole crowd just, like, erupted in front of us and I remember you like you literally like sh- you shot up in the air and you're like woo <laughs> and I'm like no and like catching you and, and here you and I are we're like literally like in the middle of a mosh pit pushing and you know we've got our arm bars up just so nobody mm-hmm. punches us in the nose or but and I remember that and that, that, that was great I honestly think that's one of the last <laughs> times probably for the rest of my life that I'll ever be in a mosh pit and that's okay no, if that's if that's the way that I that I leave the whole mosh pit scene behind is at a Misfits concert, that I couldn't ask for anything yeah. more. Yeah, but coming back to my point, like I do think there are a lot of people out there that try and take things into their advantage, and honestly, like I think for me, that makes it hard to even make friends. It's like who, who do you invite into your circle? Because people are fucking crazy and they're fucked up. And it's like, you don't want to make a friend with somebody, invite them in your home. And then you notice, like, your shit's been stolen. Or, you know, they, you know, you you end up getting attacked by somebody in your own home or something like that. So, I I, I know that we have, we definitely have our our circle of friends and... No, uh, everybody is everybody is busy living their lives and having kids and being a little far away and you no, know, so we don't really see them as often as we could or should or would. But at least we know they're there. In the meantime, I honestly, I'm I'm perfectly content with just you know us living our life, having podcasts. Uh, enjoying our pups and slowly doing stuff to make this house look better. Yeah. So, I don't. I personally don't feel like I need to be constantly surrounded by people in order to make my life feel whole. Yeah. So, because everybody else is busy doing things in their lives to make their lives feel whole. So it's just part of us growing up. Yeah. And there's going to come that time where we're all going to be old. And wrinkly and gray, and that's when we'll all finally retire and have our commune, and we'll all be in each other's shit all the time just to make up for all of the years that we weren't. <laughs> At least that's the way I assume it's going to be. Better not be in New England, though. We've got to get the hell out of New England. Too damn expensive. Yeah. You still want to leave Virginia on the plate? It's on the plate. Yeah. I mean, I know our experience... Um, to let anybody, any listener know, uh, Christina and I, we went on our 10-year anniversary trip. Uh, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary in October, and my birthday was around that time, too, and it's like, let's plan a trip to Virginia, and it's like, uh, let's take a week and a half, and we're going to go to Virginia, and we're going to eat seafood and see the sights, and we're going to do things that, you know, people in a happy marriage do, and, <laughs> you know, so, and then we get there, and it's like, as soon as we get there... I got COVID. <laughs> like, it's like, why do I feel like shit? My body hurts. And it was, it was our first time ever getting COVID this, this last October. And hopefully only time. Yeah. Hopefully only time. It's like my entire body hurt, um, congested, coughing. Um, I do in a, to let everyone know too, I do suffer from chronic tinnitus. I'm still trying to figure out where that's coming from. Like 
it'll come in waves. Sometimes it'll be really, really, really bad, especially in my left ear. Um, I've been researching like Meniere's disease and and sinuses because it could just as easily be my sinuses and allergies. It could be Meniere's disease. It could be like actual hearing loss. But I'm I'm gonna look into it. I want to get an allergy test. But Coming back to it, like, yeah, my ears were, like, ringing super bad when that was going on. And then, of course, I gave it to you. And Thanks. Here, here, <laughs> so here we are, That's like... true love right you there. You know, we, we booked time for the pups to be in boarding. We booked a week and a half in Virginia to do all these things. And we spent most of our time in the hotel room yeah we did have a jacuzzi which was nice and Mm -hmm. we had room service honestly (laughs) i never had so much room service in my life but and i've never had so like remember how i would keep on leaving and going down the hallway and going to the soda machine i never drank so much this was cool i didn't know that they had soda machines that had the you could swipe your your atm card or your debit card on so you don't have to have cash or coins or anything for these machines you yep. just oh god i had so many charges on my on my card for freaking sprite water and sweet tea I remember. Oh God, that sweet tea. I'll give a full disclaimer on this too. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you this, and then tell me yes or no, and and then I'll try and keep it. Did did we want to mention the other thing that was going on with you at the time too, health wise, that needed me to go to a CVS? (laughs) And now, now I'm not even remembering. Okay, so you know what? Let's leave it off the table. Um, okay. So any, anyways, keep it vague. You asked me if I could go to, to the nearest CBS. Mm-hmm. And so here I am, you know, still full on COVID. It's like, okay. Oh, but, you mean I had my period? <laughs> yes. All right. I just built up the courage to say it. Fuck it. <laughs> no, uh, we're all adults so, around all right. here. So fine. So, so Christina. So I'm not only sick as <laughs> shit, but what do I get? I get my period on top of it all too. And I, my heart goes out to you. And so here you are. You ask me, can you go to the CVS? And I'm still fucking sick as a dog, too. Yeah. And it's like I'm getting paranoid. It's like, okay, I want to protect people, so wear a mask. But if I'm the only person in Virginia walking around in a mask, or am I going to bring attention to myself? And mm-hmm. So here I am, like, walking down the street, and I'm, like, holding my breath, like, <gasps> I'm just like, trying to, like, just act natural. Just act, and I went into the CVS, snuck it there, and it's like, hi, can I help you? I'd like to buy these tampons. <laughs> and, and, and so, and get in there, got back in, and I was like, oh, thank God. I get back and just back on the bed. And, you know. But, you know, I look back at it, it's like, you know what? We had food, we had the jacuzzi, we had a nice view of the beach, yeah. we had a South Park marathon. We're laughing at South Park. And, Regarding the beach, you know what's one thing I still think is kind of, it's funny but sad in a way, is that. We were so goddamn sick that the effort of walking from the hotel, which again is right on the beach, yep. the, the effort, the physical exertion of walking on the beach just to walk to the water line, we did that what once? We did it once when we weren't sick. When we first got there, I wanted to walk right up to the water. And granted, it you know there was a a big you know a big wide swath of sand before you get to the edge of the water. But still, we were just so 
we were so sick that you know we were weak. We yep, were exhausted. I was totally like I could barely walk. Like walking in the sand, I was winded. Yeah. Um, but I do remember you know, us getting to the beach and we got to watch the sunset go down and we're listening to Jimi Hendrix. And it was and that night that you did you started to not feel good. Oh no, and, I felt. I had COVID, like... Before that, it was that night that I was starting to not feel so good, and by the next day, I was down for the count. Damn. Yeah, we're watching the sun go down on on the ocean, and we're listening to the song uh, 1983 by Jimi Hendrix, so it's like, okay, you got a song about water, we're watching water. That was great. He said, well, it's too bad that our friends... It's like, yeah, look Mm -hmm. at that. And, like, you know what? Is that the one where he sings about, like, the mermaids or something like that? and it's got the cool like you know passage in the middle and it's all mm. s- swirly and all, all that yeah mm-hmm. so you know what Look, looking back on it like the vacation it was worth the price of admission just to be able to like kind of sit on the beach and have a moment to like watch the sun go down I like the and, way you I like the way you put it with price of admission because like, it's true it still gave us it gives us a huge story really mm-hmm. because we not only went it was it was our anniversary we experienced for the first time driving over the Chesapeake um, Chesapeake Bridge now that in itself, because like growing up, my parents, especially my mom, she basically like fed us all that scary trigger of driving over bridges. I blame that on my mom. Really? I do. Yeah. No, she always had a fear of driving over bridges, and so that that we fed into that. And so here I am today. I don't like going over bridges, but especially suspension bridges. But my mom always had this thing. No, she never wanted to go across the Chesapeake Bridge because she always heard how the bridge could move back and forth or sway back and forth, and you could get blown off of the bridge and blah blah. Oh, All of this stuff. <laughs> so I grew up on such a huge fucking fear of ever going across that bridge, and so us experiencing that. I'm I'm glad we did, and you know what? Going across when we first went, it was the war the. The waves were definitely kind of choppy because it had been rainy, and no, those waves were kind of choppy when we first went. Yep. But I like the fact that there were tunnels also that gave me a break from seeing the waves so much. And uh, coming back, it was beautiful. And so, but all of the other experiences, sorry, but you know the experience. Yeah, we got sick, but it's a story in itself. Yep. We we did find the chance. We went down. We drove down to the Outer Banks. That was awesome. Um, me personally, it's just a lot of beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you go down there with a group of people, if you go down there with a bunch of friends and family or whatever, and you want to rent a beach house, I can see where the draw would be on that. But it's just you and me. We drove down to the Outer Banks. I wanted to just see what the big hubbub was about, and now I see. It's... I would say it's a family-friendly vacation spot. Great place to go for a group of people, not just two. No. But, uh, no, I honestly, going to that, uh, what was it, the, the Wright Brothers Museum. Uh, we didn't go to the museum for the Wright Brothers, but we went to the property where the Wright Brothers, uh, Orville and Wilbur Wright, first set off their, their first plane back in, what, 1903. That whole thing. All of that experience, that... I loved yep. that. And then, babe, all of the, the seafood that we did eat. Yeah, that was awesome. Holy shit. Yep. They, Virginia knows how to do seafood. They're fresh. Yep. That was good. I mean, I, I will say that, though, looking back on it, I mean, you got to admit, though, it was kind of just like everything that happened on that vacation. Like, So we did see the Wright Brothers 
place, but it's like we got there and it's like that the woman that was buying the thing is like, oh, we're going to be closing in like 20 <laughs> minutes, but if you want to drive around real quick, yeah. you can. And, and I was like, okay with that. But it was just kind of like, all right, let's do this real quick. And there was that burger place where it was like that, what was like supposed to be like the best cheeseburger in Virginia that somebody from work told you about? Like a... Yeah, did we ever? Yeah. End, we never like, ended up going. Like we, right? li- w- no, we did, but like we literally missed it by like fifteen minutes, and they were closed. That's was like, right. Yep. Okay. Um, even like w- what else? Yeah, so there was that. You wanted to go to the Guar Bar. I totally wanted to go to the Guar Bar. And but I was still feeling really super sick, and we were just running out of time and running out of and steam. I remember we woke up that morning, and it was just kind of like it's like you know what I want to will it, I want to go for it, and then you look at me, and you're like. You want to just go home? And then I'm kind of like, fuck. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but babe, you know what? We'll go back again. We'll, we'll, we will. We'll try it again. And I definitely want to go because I want to try the, was it the Techno Destructo? Uh, no, Nacho Destructo. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I really want to do that. Because mm-hmm. I, I will say this. I kind of love, I kind of love it when we find, let me backtrack a little bit. I, I will always look fondly. Okay. I will always look fondly on our honeymoon because going to Las Vegas and going to Four Corners and going to Monument Valley too because I love that like we'll we will do things that like we'll find little things well, babe, for ourselves. All of our listeners don't know about our honeymoon. So I'll I'll get to that. <laughs> but like coming back to coming back to like as far as Virginia, it's like you know you go to Virginia and it's like you've got beaches, you've got and restaurants and quickly interject we'll save the whole honeymoon thing we'll talk about that um on a future podcast okay all right but, so but we've just, definitely been going at this oh, for yeah. a little and, while i mean so. and i definitely and don't get me wrong i've got like two last little things to say about religion and, and we're going to pause this for one moment take a very brief break and we're go all right so, <sighs> so follow up what i was going to say what i love about our vacations mm-hmm. is trying to find like little things for like ourselves so mm-hmm. it's like hey let's go to the beach and let's go to the guar bar and like and not to talk too much about our honeymoon but it's like hey let's go drive around in you know monument valley and check out all this great stuff but let's also go to vegas and vegas i don't and want Halloween to talk and, much about our honeymoon but uh let's talk about this and that and the other thing <laughs> just to summarize like <laughs> hey you like, want to talk about it we, we can we talk can, about we can save it, it. no just no. a brief, brief thing to say that it's like doing something like that where it's like let's go and check out things with nature and things and then it's like hey let's see if they have a haunted house with zombies or something to do with but Vegas, or, you know, the or, whole haunted thing. Yeah, I still think about that to this day. Yeah, and you that know was amazing. And so let let's save that conversation for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry to keep going back to things because again, what, the the subject of the first one is religion. Mm-hmm. I did have some last minute things to say about Satanism in general. Mm-hmm. So there is also. The Satanic Temple. Um, as a Levianist or Levian Satanist, here are my opinions on that. Um, I do think that activism is great, and I do think that things that they are doing are great, and I do support what they do. Mm-hmm. My idea of Satanism is that you should not have to do a certain thing in order to be a part of the group. 
you should be allowed to be a part of the group and then make your decision if you want to be an activist or not. So it's like, as a Lebanist, like, uh, like I have that right to decide for myself if I want to be an activist or not. Whereas, like, in that context, like, okay, if you're a part of our group, you have to be an activist. And it's like, the idea of being an activist, I think that is great, but I think that decision on being an activist should belong to the self, not, mm-hmm. not the group. Um, and the whole statue outside the library, like, that was fucking hilarious. That was amazing. It's like, oh, let's pass a law where it's okay to have religious statues on on public buildings, like a library. And it's like, well, guess what? We're going to build a statue of of Baphomet with two children. And, and of course, when that happened, it's like, I see the statue. It's like, that's amazing. But at the same time, it's like, where are the tits? Baphomet's got tits. But... But uh, so it's but I, again, I, I thought that that was amazing, and, and all the the shit that's going on with or that happened with Roe v. Wade, and it's like, oh, that's fucked up. But then it's like, hey, let's make abortion a religious right, and if it's a religious right, it's protected under the Constitution. It's like that's fucking beautiful. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do support them on that. I don't necessarily agree with their approach to it. Like, I but as far as like what they're doing, it's like, hey. Salud, you know, all that, all that. It's like, hey, that's fine. Um, on the other end of it, I know I mentioned, like, the idea of, like, theistic Satanism. And, like, if, if there even is, like, a true, like, organized version of it. Because, and, w- w- and what I mean by that, like, the idea of actually believing that there is, like, an actual devil or Satan. And when you die, you go to hell and you suffer for eternity. And there really is a God. Basically, like... You, you believe in the Christian idea of Satan as being real, and you believe in that. Like, oh, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I, I don't believe in that at all. Or, like, mm-hmm. or let me back, back up on that. I believe that nobody's going to know for sure what happens until you actually get there. And we're, we don't have a reference from anybody because anybody that has actually died is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we can't talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that way of looking at things. I mean, seeing that in the context of, like, theater, like, you're a musician or an actor and you're playing this character that is like, yes, there's this and Satan. Like, I I think that that's great. Like, I I love black metal in the, you know, early 90s and, like, first wave black metal and it's like, hey, there's a devil and we're gonna go to hell and it's like, it's, it's so fucking rock and roll and awesome and it's like, I love it. Now, me saying that I love black metal, do I believe in like, it's like, oh, I'm a Satanist and I believe in that, yes, there is a devil and that's why I love black metal. No. The reason why I listen to black metal because I think the music sounds good and, like, I love the theater of it and it's got a very strange and interesting history and I don't think people are done exploring it yet. And what I love about it, too, is that when a musical style comes out, it's popular and then it becomes obscure, but black metal thrives in obscurity, so it's like, it can be stay obscure and it could exist for many many decades from here because it doesn't matter if it's popular or not because it it kind of thrives in not being popular Uh, but but coming back to it like as far as like a lot of musicians and like the whole like 90s panic that happened to like i remember those like those teenagers they ended up ritualistically killing one of their friends and i remember like like, one of the guys in the group, he had, like, long black hair, and they have, like, footage on the news, and he looks just, like, right at the camera, like, doesn't turn away, and it's like, oh, Jesus. 
and even like I, I can't remember his name, and I'm not going to try and pronounce Norwegian names because I can't pronounce names for shit. But he's <laughs> he was the singer and the guitarist of Dissection, mm-hmm. and of course anybody that listens to that type of genre, anybody will tell you that Dissection has got some really good tunes, and he yeah. had written some really great music. And then you know, of course, him being a part of these groups, and it's like they're talking about ritualistically killing each other, you know, for. You know, and going to, and he ended up ritualistically killing himself, like you know, like I guess I think like he stabbed himself through the heart or something like that. And it's like, like, like from a like storytelling, like romanticized thing. It's like, oh, that sounds so crazy and like so rock and roll. But it's like it's it's a shame, you know. It's like somebody will believe in something like that so much that they'll actually like check out. And it's like you know, how much more music could you have written if you didn't do that? And yeah. and of course now that he's gone, like. You know, his stuff has been there, and it's like the fact that somebody is dead kind of makes their music that much more profound because you're never going to get another album from them again. They're not here to experience all of that. Yeah, so it's like... Unless they're in a parallel universe, and they're able to see over here on this side. Yeah. But we can reserve that conversation for another podcast, too. So, yeah, I would definitely love to do a music podcast where we just talk about music. I want to do a parallel universe one. We could definitely do that, too. No, I'm and I think, uh, you know, if there's any more, uh, like, you know, maybe we could talk about childhood memories. Yeah. Um, good and bad memories. Well, preferably good ones. Because, you know, talking about, like, bad childhood memories can be... Yeah. I'm not trying to use the use the word trigger too much, but, no. I mean, uh, and that's... What's, yeah. what's great about having a podcast, too, is we could talk about whatever we want. This is true. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I mean, maybe there's one that I want to talk about uh, cooking ideas or, you know, I have some different ideas of stuff to do around the house Uh, and maybe just at least uh, airing myself and my airing my ideas uh, like this might be a a way, an outlet for me to get some, get some other ideas, get some inspiration. Yeah. No, and honestly, along the way, just simply having a little notepad hanging around somewhere where if you and I are talking and we come up with an idea, we're like, oh my God, this would be a great idea for a podcast. Write it down before we forget. (laughs) No. Oh, before I forget, um, totally switching gears on everything. When we were watching that South Park episode last night about the Japanese toilet. Oh, yeah. Um, I totally looked up Japanese toilets last night. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The, the prices of them go all over the place. It depends on the brand and the reviews and, and stuff. You know what, but they yeah. said ten grand to the when they said ten grand on the on the episode that they may not necessarily be that far from the truth. Um, because like if you get like a high end like a like a Kohler's brand um, Japanese toilet. Um, that just the toilet itself was almost fifty eight hundred. So if they're talking about like ten grand on the episode, they could also be talking about the labor um, if, of installing the whole entire thing. So ten thousand dollar toilet, they're not that far from the truth on that. But then they have cheaper ones. But either way, it's like imagine if we had when we finally have our second bathroom upstairs someday. And I'm still just thinking a half bath would be fine. Yeah. No, I would be perfectly fine with a half bath upstairs. No, we just need a toilet up there. God damn it. (laughs) And a sink to wash our hands. But 
Now, imagine if we got ourselves something... Not a ten thousand dollar toilet. No, but we can. We, we look don't want to. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to scare away all of our yeah, friends it's... and have people call us Richie Rich or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but imagine if we got something a little, uh, you know, something. But, I mean, so, something to sit on that we really, we can you know, we put sit, in a couple of bells and whistles. I mean, yeah, why not? We sit on and then you know, close the door and you listen on the other side and you hear, huh. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all of this music playing, oh, and, and I'm oh. like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, we, that was so funny. That I mean, was a good episode. Yeah, I mean, we are, we already. <laughs> I mean, we already have the bidet down here, so it's yeah, like, yeah. But the only difference is, though, is that I think along the way, if I do something different, I might want to research a bidet that has um, a temperature. Yeah, that temperature is control. Cold. Yeah, because this one, so it's a bidet yeah. sprayer yeah. that we have, and it's just like this is like the cheapest option of all bidets. Yeah. No, this is a seventeen dollar um, option through Amazon that you can get. No, I'm not trying to sponsor anybody because they're not paying us paying us for this shit. So yep. no, just mind what I said. But anyways, and everybody shops on Amazon for the most part. So anyways, seventeen dollar bidet sprayer. There is no temperature control on it. So if you're going to use that to clean your hoo ha in the middle of winter, you're going to get ice sub zero cold water on your crotch, and wow, does that wake you up? That's terrible. Yep. In the summertime, it's fine. In the summertime, yeah. it's awesome. But it's like, I'm not going to use it during the winter time. It's great for cleaning out containers and spraying out the inside of the toilet after you've cleaned it. Yeah. And you know, but oh, no. so anyway, so a future bidet that has like a temperature control on it, and I do believe they sell them. I just need to do the research, and it's not going to cost seventeen dollars. It'll cost a little bit more than that. But I think there's another style that you can put on underneath. The toilet seat, it's not a it's not a hand sprayer, it's something that you attach to the toilet that has like little little buttons and knobs next to it that I think there's a con- a temperature control on that. And that that's like a sprayer that comes from inside the toilet bowl and just aims right for your ass. So I wanna research that. And then in the meantime we'll save our pennies for that Japanese toilet. <laughs> Or something like that. I want something to sing to me when I'm taking a. And you know, wouldn't even mention that episode, (laughs) like not having to like buy toilet paper ever again, and it cleans you better. And like, so it's like that would actually kind of be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But uh. Wouldn't mind checking that out. Yeah. No. Even just like remember when we went to the Azores and you know staying staying in that hotel where it's like it's it's just standard that you go to these other places in the world where there is a there is a bidet that's that's in the that's in the bathroom and it's like oh my god this is this is what the United States is missing and I could have sworn I've even like re- I feel like I just read an article fairly recently about like why the US is behind on the whole idea of 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 bidets being something common in the bathroom no and I don't remember the answer <laughs> and it could have just been an opinion article versus truth but uh no I I mean me personally I do believe that that our nation is behind on the whole bidet thing. 
No, maybe it's about a space, uh, you know, having to have enough space in our bathroom to have two different, you know, porcelain objects yeah. in there. Well, that's why they have, like we have the sprayer, but they do have other options where you can con control it all from one, from your toilet, like the Japanese toilet or like the, the other thing that I was describing that you can add on. No, I'd like to have something like that. And our nation should have more of that. Save paper, save the environment, damn it. Yeah, save money, yeah. all save, that. Yeah, save money. It's, you know, I mean, to, like, there's a lot of people's, like, septic systems that, that the toilet paper gets clogged up in it. No, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of toilet paper out there that's not exactly septic safe. So if we have a different option and we just, you know, the water that we use, it's going to be recycled at the sewage treatment plant anyways. So why not cut back up? Oh, is the whole thing about toilet paper is it a monopoly on the on the toilet paper companies is that what it is was south park onto something <laughs> then one of us gets shot yeah that, no, that we don't want that moment, like, i got fucking shot stan <laughs> shut your mouth it's like poor randy yeah, yeah poor randy yeah okay. south park at it again doing oh. telling us how it is and yep. all that stuff um but yeah, I feel like this was a good episode. What do you think? Yeah, and I think, I think it was all right. I think we got some content, and honestly, like it's like, oh, can we keep talking? But it's like, you know what? We could just easily save it for the next Another episode. Time. Yeah. All right, so if anybody listened to this, or if there's one listener that we have that's like a friend, it's like, you guys are great. I love you. Know, I, I, <laughs> but like, if anybody did listen to this, thank you very much for listening, and... We'll probably do this again next Saturday, or if we don't, then maybe we'll do it the weekend after. But it was fun, and thank you very much. And between now and the next podcast, I'm going to work on my beatboxing so that I can try and end every episode with a little bit of a personal beatbox sound. <laughs> Good luck with that. You guys, till next time, have an awesome one, and see you around like a donut. Meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs>